Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon. The unique blend of hunting, conservation, and the outdoor lifestyle, delivered in an entertaining, informative fashion that only a veteran outdoorsman can do. DSC's Campfires is brought to you by DSC, Conservation, Education, and Hunter Advocacy. Hornady, Accurate, Deadly, Dependable. Trigicon, Brilliant Aiming Solutions. Taurus, Makers of the Raging Hunter Handgun. Burnham Brothers Game Calls, Double Nickel Taxidermy. Now here's your host, Larry Wysoon. Before joining Larry with today's episode, let's get a few words from Hayden Outdoors, the brand that sells land through our conservation today. When it comes to a choice of whether to graze cattle or not, it really kind of depends what your long-term goals are. Cattle grazing as a whole is not bad unless it's totally overdone and you overgraze the property. But there is a little bit of good in that as well, too, because you remove a lot of the grass cover and then a lot of the weeds and the wildflowers can come up. They've probably been there for a long time anyway. Whether you graze cattle or not, as I mentioned, comes long-term goals. If you're really interested in wildlife, you probably want to carry on a rotational grazing type system, or you may want to totally pull the cattle off of it for a while, such as I've done here on my place. I'm Larry Wysoon, and appreciate you being with us this morning on Conservation Today. Brought to you by Hayden Outdoors, the brand that sells land. Now on with today's episode. Thank you, David Vox. Really appreciate all you do for DSC's campfires with, with me, Larry Weissson. Thank you for all the production work that you do and for getting things to the right place at the right time. As we're moving forward with this podcast, we're going to also be doing this podcast being made available on CarbonTV.com. Now, those of y'all who are not familiar yet with Carbon TV. Com. I can't hardly imagine because it is by far the very best site for outdoor programming and 
Recently, they started adding podcasts as well, too. So in the near future, possibly even with this one, you'll be able to listen to DSC's Campfires with me, Larry Weiss, soon there on, on Carbon TV. Carbon TV has been really important here as of late for a lot of different reasons. As I mentioned, some of the very finest programming there is, including a lot of original things, that, uh, such as what we do with the Sportsman's Life that Jeff Rice, Luke Clayton, and I do together. We basically have a new show every week <laughs> on the network, and that includes real-world hunting, real-world fishing, real-world fishing, I should say, but also a little bit of cooking, a little bit of... Uh, Oh, a whole lot of other things as well, too. There's a segment there that I share here with uh, that particular TV show called Conservation Today that's sponsored by Hayden Outdoors. Now, Hayden Outdoors is known as the brand that sells land, and they certainly do that. They sold an unbelievable amount of land last year during 2021, and they're kind of on their way right now of uh, maybe even breaking the record they did last year. That that particular company knows land. They know about wildlife management. They know how to sell land, and they know how to, to also help somebody else sell land. Uh, the Conservation Today thing in our show here and also in the TV show is just kind of give a few little tips here and there of uh, some things that you might consider doing as a landowner and occasionally I have a guest uh, particularly Brandon Houston who I share H3 Whitetail Solutions with which is a, a consulting company a lot of times when uh, friends of ours who work for Hayden Outdoors sell land we come in and do some wildlife management work on those properties or advise those landowners as to some of the things that they can do to truly enhance their property for wildlife and and improve their habitat but I'm going to get back to uh, carbon tv a little bit here before we get away from and get on to another subject in that uh uh, I, I met Julie McQueen several years ago, and, and she's kind of the ramrod behind all this. And uh, I deal with Miss Myth Autumn and uh, a lot who handles a lot of the things that I do in terms of uh, of uh, you know, blogs that I do. I find myself having gravitated more and more to Carbon TV because now we'll have a TV show there, which is a, a sportsman's life that we've had there for a while. We'll have the the podcast there, uh, DSC's Campfires. And then also I write regular uh, blogs, if you will. Try to do about four per month, and those appear there on Carbon TV along with several other places as well, too. But that kind of puts an entire package on Carbon TV as far as I'm concerned. So we're covering TV, we're covering podcasts, we're also covering blogs. And, and if you want to kind of keep up with me, and not only with the podcast, you can do so there with the TV show, A Sportsman's Guide, uh, Sportsman's Life, rather, and then also with, with the uh, the blogs that I do. The Sportsman's Life is the Sportsman's Life, as I mentioned earlier. I do with Jeff Rice and and Luke Clayton. Those two guys were doing that earlier on a different network, and they asked me to become involved. Luke and I've been doing radio shows together now called uh, Campfires, and it's on a whole bunch of different stations in Texas and Oklahoma, and I think we move up into maybe the southeastern part of Colorado, uh, parts of New Mexico. 
uh, also over in Alabama and maybe a little bit over in Louisiana and, and Arkansas and, and, uh, it, it too is just a totally unscripted kind of like my podcast and everything else that I do, uh, a radio show. And, and of course it can also be heard on Luke Clayton's uh, website, which is catfishradio.org. So you can go there as well too and, and listen to some of the other things that Luke and I do. And of course, well, the other things, we're kind of rambling here to start with, but uh, Luke and I also do a, a Campfires with Luke and Larry, which is a podcast that can be listened to on Sporting Classics Daily. Each one of these is, is different from the ones that we do elsewhere. So uh, a lot of different places get a, a feel of, of both Luke and, and me as well, too. But uh, with the TV show, one of the things that I wanted to do in coming on board with them, and I feel so very fortunate that they asked me to be a part of that show, is to... Uh, to do a little bit of wildlife management to, to, as they did, continue making it real world hunting, real world fishing, and, and uh, giving some tips here and there. The, the beauty of it is, I mentioned a little bit earlier, is that it's pretty much a weekly show. Jeff Rice does production work, and unless Jeff is extremely busy with his real world job, uh, we have a new show pretty much every week. So it's always new material. It's very timely as to what's going on. Uh, recently, Luke was on a on a crappie fishing trip, and that'll be a part of it. And, of course, we do have wild hogs, so there's always the opportunity for us to go after wild hogs. And then, two, I enjoy predator hunting, so we try to get a little bit of that on there as well, too, during the off-season. Most of our stuff is pretty much what the average guy can do. Uh, Occasionally, there'll be something maybe from a different part of the country, meaning uh, a different part of the country as far as the U.S. is concerned, or possibly even outside the U.S. Uh, Luke is getting ready for a fishing trip in July. He and Jeff are going up to Saskatchewan to uh, fish for, I think, big lake trout and Northern Pike, and gosh, I'd love to do that trip with them. And initially, that was my intention. Unfortunately, the dates, which are in July, are the same dates of when we have our Texas Wildlife Association Convention in San Antonio, our annual convention. And that was an organization that I helped start. Uh, I was one of the three co-founders. We founded it back in 1985. So uh, we've been around, what is that, 37 years this year. So uh, I really can't afford to miss the convention. And and I love being there because of all the old friends and and really all the great things that TWA does. Like DSC, of which I'm so very proud to be a member, uh, they do a tremendous amount of wildlife conservation, a tremendous amount of, of education as far as hunting and conservation is concerned to within school kids. So taking young people hunting, taking older people hunting, uh, graciously through being on the board at the DSC Foundation, we've been able to grant some money to TWA to, to fund some of those projects that they're very much involved in. And so... It's interesting how all this kind of comes together. We, we talked the the podcast that we're doing here is called DSC's Campfires, and DSC I've been so very long involved with them, and and to me there's just no other organization that even comes close when it has anything to do with wildlife conservation, education, or hunter advocacy. And recently, DSC launched a advocacy program to where we now will have an individual in 
Washington, D.C. to keep a finger on a lot of things that's going on. And in one of these very near future podcast episodes, what we'll do is get with Corey Mason and uh, the, the person that's been hired to, to handle those things in Washington for DSC and kind of protect our rights there and make sure that things go right as far as wildlife conservation is concerned. So that'll be one of the upcoming episodes that we're going to have in not too very distant future. I'm getting ready to leave for a, a DSC Foundation meeting, uh, which is coming up very, very quickly. And there's a lot of things we're going to be discussing, including the new advocacy program. But but also, uh, as a reminder, we're getting ready to have our second annual DSC Gala, or Gala, depending on how you want to pronounce it. It'll be June the 4th at the Frontiers of Flight Museum in Dallas, Texas, right next to the right next to the uh, uh, Love Field area. And this year we're going to be honoring Miss Fiona Capstick as, as a one of our conservation or as the conservation award winner that we established really last year and that's going to be an absolutely great opportunity seating is going to be limited there because of the size of the uh, museum floor that we have available but uh, it's an absolutely fabulous fabulous place to, to visit and the fact that we're going to have our our gala there again this year is, is truly exciting as far as I'm concerned. And among other things, part of it is is a fundraiser. So we're going to be trying to raise funds to support many different projects, both here in North America and abroad from the, the, the whatever we sell and, and whatever we do there at the, the auction. This year we've got auction items all over, from all over the world. And, and the cool thing about it is, is if you can't make it in person, and again, like I say, seating is going to be limited, and those tickets are going on sale now. And uh, but if seating is because seating is limited, if you're interested and hope you are, you will go to our website, which is dscf.org. And if you can't get it, find it there. Go to the DSC's website, Big Game. That's B I G G A M E dot O R G. And as many times as I've said this on the podcast, I, I figure you got it recognized and memorized, kind of like I do. But uh, if you can't make it to the to the gala, you can also bid online. We'll be holding the auction, live auction. Also, have some fabulous silent auctions there, including hunting trips, fishing trips, guns. Oh my gosh, all kinds of different things. But there's some opportunities this year that we've been able to put together for the live auction that uh, involve hunts and items all over the place and, and some special guns as well, too. And, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as, as, as we get closer to the convention. May end up even doing almost a special segment totally about uh one or two of the items that are going to be available there, including, I will tell you, there's a mule deer hunt on the Hargrove Ranch that we were able to procure. That the only way you can hunt that property for mule deer, and you can hunt it for whitetail on a commercial basis, but mule deer permits are very limited, and therefore the only way to get on that property, and it's where I hunt mule deer in Texas personally, is is to buy the hunt at, at our DSC gala. Um, also going to have a gun that, that I'm personally donating. And, and since this is my podcast, I guess I can talk about things I'm involved with there with the gala this year, is that that particular gun is in a 300 Win Mag. It was built for me by Match Grade Arms back in like 97. It is, uh, oh gosh, it's a fabulous lightweight skeletonized 
action on a of a 300 of a, sorry of a model uh, Remington model 70 and extremely accurate uh, ported so it, it shoots like a dream that was put together by Carol and, and Kerry O'Day years ago for me for my first African hunt that I did with Frontier Safaris. Now on that hunt I used that 300 wind mag uh, along with a, a scope that was designed for snipers by Simmons. It's there it's one of about a about a hundred, hundred and fifty scopes that were put together for, for snipers for our military at the time. Really, really outstanding scope and the original package is all still together. The only thing that's different is recently I had uh Oh, had Kerry O'Day and, and Miss Carroll put a uh, jewel trigger in it to replace the trigger that was there, and uh, it's 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 quite a gun. And there, you know, some proven, provenance that goes along with it. it. There are pictures of me with that rifle in my book that I did back in two thousand and four called uh, uh, "Trailing the Hunter's Moon: An Adventure Journal," uh, which led to the Trail of the Hunter's Moon TV show kind of thing, and so. Uh, that's there, and I should add too that there's a, a gold embossed signature on the barrel, and along with uh, other provenance that will down the way show that it really is my rifle. But the cool thing about that rifle is, whoever buys it, I hope they use it and use it well because it is extremely, extremely accurate. And I was amazed back then, and recently shot it before I donated it to the. Uh, to the gala and still shooting unbelievably accurate talking about essentially same hole accuracy with with various types of, of hornady ammo so got that coming up uh this started out kind of in, in a rambling fashion and i think it probably kind of kind of stay that way i've got some special guests lined up for next week but uh unfortunately i won't be able to get time, have time to get with them and Till then, but uh, till then, but uh, in the meantime, we're going to talk about a, a few other things. I mentioned earlier the conservation today segment that we have in each of our podcasts, and also in uh, a sportsman's life as well too. Those are uh, audio and video, and of course here we're just simply audio. But uh, you know that particular company, as I mentioned, knows land. It knows wildlife it knows habitat and the segment that we came up with called conservation today usually i have brandon houston who i partner with with uh h3 whitetail solutions do something about and and uh, but occasionally we get some other guys i got some other people lined up uh, including some of the agents and some of the landowners that have actually bought land and and to talk about some of the things that they've done to improve what was a really good property to start with that uh, Hayden Outdoors helped them find. But for our Hayden Outdoors Today segment, I thought maybe I'd just kind of do it myself. I'm, I'm kind of stuck in the office today, and it's cloudy and mist and rain outside. And yes, I'd love to be out there calling predators, hunting hogs, but uh, today is the day I've got to kind of spend some time in the office and do some writing for several of the publications that I work with and, and the, the uh, blogs that I do. So our Conservation Today segment, as always, is brought to us by Hayden Outdoors, the, the brand that sells land. And one of the things I thought we'd talk about very quickly today is, you know, it's springtime, and there are a lot of people out there starting to plant food plots for the springtime. 
and right now is really kind of a great time to do so. If you haven't already cleared the land, maybe it's it's a food plot that you've used in the past. You've already run soil samples on it. You know that uh, fortunately fertilizer has gotten expensive, but you know maybe there's a little bit of fertilizer that you can add to kind of help matters as far as the production in terms of, of forage, but also in terms of quality of the forage that you produce. Now, generally, as a wildlife biologist, when I'm asked as to what can I plant, what should I plant, whether it's spring or fall, I'll be very open with you. What I normally recommend is, or ask first, is there any other agriculture row crops of any kind in the area where your property is? And if there are row crops there, I suggest that you go to the farmer and say, okay, what are you planting? What do you have the worst problems with with the deer eating this time of the year? That gives you a really good key. Now, I know you can go to the store and buy all kinds of fancy bags of, of uh, food plot blends, and, and those are really good, too. But find out what the local farmer is planting and what the deer are eating that he has problem with them eating too much of. That is a key into planting a really good food plot because, number one, you know that it grows in the area. You know that deer like it. So you've got two of the, the, the primary things that you want to do when you plant food plots is you want to plant something that's going to grow there and you're going to plant something that deer eat. You used to get called into the southeast to do management work and I'd walk into this food plot area and they, the, the rancher would be, landowner would be so proud of the food plot because it'd be just almost above knee high and just absolutely green. But in walking through it, the only thing I found was tracks walking across the food plot. Nothing was eating it really look pretty, but my question to them was always, are you planting the food plot for you to look at, or are you planting the food plot for animals to eat? And if they tell me, so, well, if I plant, I, then I've been told time or two, if I plant this particular crop, it's gone in a matter of time, in a matter of a few days. And my question was, well, did you plant it to look at, or did you plant it to, for the animals? If they liked it, absolutely, and it was good for them, so much the better. If they're eating as soon as it comes up and don't give that plant a chance to grow anymore, my suggestion is that you increase the size of the food plot or you create more food plots because you want to be able to at least have enough food out there during the springtime. So going to find food plots this spring, go to the local farmer, find out what they're planting, what they're like, what you then go to the local feed and seed dealer and you can probably buy it in a brown paper bag, if you will, the seeds and save some money and the money that you save there, maybe you can invest into putting out some fertilizer to, to really improve the quality of the forage that's there. So my little tip today from uh, for conservation today, and, and as I said, always brought to you by Hayden Outdoors, the brand that sells land. Years ago, in the springtime came, I would be gone for black bear hunting. And in the past couple of years, I've really not had the chance to spend time hunting black bear. I've been doing a lot of speaking engagements on behalf of the DSC Foundation and on behalf of DSC. And and that's kind of kept me out of the bear woods. But it's it, it's brought back a lot of different memories sitting around and, and looking at bear hides or looking at photographs or doing blogs about bear hunting. And so... At the time, I'm I'm not going to be able to do any any serious any serious bear hunting this year, and it's really kind of kind of bugging me. I'm hoping maybe this fall I can get into an area and and do some fall spot and stock type things. But uh, if you can, if you've not hunted black bear, 
let me strongly suggest that you do. If there's if there's any way to go bear hunting, you should do so. The bear are so much fun to hunt. Whether you're sitting in a stand waiting on bait, doing that, you get generally to observe a lot of different bears before you finally pull the trigger. You get to see all kinds of other wildlife. My favorite way of hunting, however, is spot and stock during the, the springtime of, of finding areas where those bears are coming. They've come out of their out of hibernation, particularly up north. They've come out of their, their sleeping areas, if you will, and they're hungry. So they're looking for food and, and they'll so many different things out there. Years ago when I spent time in, in Canada, one of the things we always looked for was for uh, patches of dandelions. Uh, Bears just absolutely love the flowers, and a lot of times the first places those things would come out would be next to an old road or something, and so or an old logging area road. So hunted those areas where we'd find the dandelions, and and uh, if we found dandelions, chances were pretty good you'd find some black bear there as well too. Now. Hunting this fall, what I hope to do is to get into one of the western states, maybe in, in New Mexico or, uh, or even Colorado. And years ago, I hunted there during the fall. And the way that I hunted them there during the fall was primary to set up around a water hole, uh, find a, a, a water hole, be it remote or not, that's got a bunch of bear tracks around it. And, and one thing I learned there is that... Uh, <laughs> bears like to come to water and particularly generally late in the afternoon even though sometimes they'll water off and on throughout the entire day they seem to really like water and and use a lot of it so you know if you if you're in a western state or you have an opportunity to do so and hunt out west uh find your water hole or find several water holes and find one that's got fresh tracks that's got big bear tracks around it and to me, a big bear is, is a bear that's going to square six feet. And we talked about this before in that that's measuring after the hide comes off from the tip of the claw on the front uh, right foot to the tip of the claw on the left front foot with the hide just laid out on the ground. Measure that and then kind of pull the the tip of the nose and the tail so that you can and just let it relax and take a measurement there. Add those two and and divide by two and that'll give you the square of the bear so a six foot bear is generally one that, that's a pretty darn good kind of bear uh, and, and generally probably going to be an older boar now if you find it tracks one of the things you can do too there's a unique this about front track front foot tracks i should say measure the pad of that front foot where it, it may be in in soft sand or mud but don't measure the <laughs> the outer extremes of where the, the sand or the mud is soft enough to where you get an imprint of that that front foot paw then diagonally across it measure it if that bear's got a a, a span of the front foot that's say uh, four inches that's probably going to be a five foot bear if it's a span that's got five inches it's probably going to be a six foot generally what you do is measure the width of that at, at the longest point the uh, the front foot imprint and simply add one and that's going to give you a pretty good idea as to what that bear is going to square so if you get a chance to go out west later on this fall or even maybe the, the, if there are spring seasons in some of the states uh, hunt the food sources whatever they might be uh, and then of course if there's the water is somewhat limited by all means 
hunt the water as well too, particularly late in the afternoon, set up where you can watch that water hole and maybe watch a hillside or, or an open area somewhere that, that bears might be feeding as well too. Bears have absolutely fabulous sense of smell. Uh, not maybe quite as good as a wild hog, which probably as far as I'm concerned has got the best sense of smell, but uh, bears come, come very close to that. So if you're going to hunt, what my suggestions are is always pay attention to the wind, you know, play the wind. But I started using a, a product by TRHP Outdoors called Scent Guardian. liked it so much. Actually, it's got my, my picture on some of the, the containers, but that particular product just totally does away with human odor. I mean, it really, truly does. And as those of you know, watch TV shows and all that kind of things that I've been involved in or read articles and seen photographs of me, you know, <clears throat> that I'm always wearing a, my old brown felt hat and I generally wear leather gloves and of course wear leather boots as well too. So th those things have a tendency to hold odor, human odors, if you will, because you're sweating and you get things on your gloves and you're, you're walking places. So the clothes you can spray down very easily. You can spray down your body with it as well too. But I pay particular attention when I'm hunting to being sure to spray down my hat or a cap. If I'm wearing, going to wear a cap, the wind's blowing ungodly hard. I spray down the, the gloves and I spray down the, uh, the shoes as well, the boots that I'm wearing. So maybe even the belt, you know, anything that I'm wearing, I'm going to spray with scent guarding and, and I'll spray myself down with it as well too. And that's, that's the cool thing about it. It's, it's not uh this recently we just got the patent on the the uh, the product it was patent pending until a few days ago but now there is a genuine patent on it as well too and um this product too seems to have some uh antibacterial those kind of things uh, involved in it is in it as well too it's it's all natural there're no chemicals it's it's natural minerals, I guess, if you want to, or natural elements. So uh, not telling you to drink it, but if you accidentally sprayed some in your mouth, it's not going to hurt you kind of thing. But with that, I feel very, very confident that I can counteract any kind of, of human odor that's out there. And even if that bear comes in downwind, it, I'm dressed for it with uh, meaning that I've sprayed down with the, the scent guardian and uh, you can find out more about it. it it's, it's not available in many stores right now, but you can find out all about it if you are interested and hope that you are simply by going to www.trhpoutdoors.com and then uh, uh, there's a lot of other good information there. And, and while I'm mentioning websites, over the years, I've done a lot of articles and things like that. And we're starting to put some of those up, some of those older articles that were fun to write and hopefully fun to read. Some of those will start appearing on a separate page on h3whitetailsolutions.com. Now, that's the the company that I work with, with uh Brandon Houston, and it's a wildlife management consultant company, and not simply related, restricted, I guess I should say, to white-tailed deer. It encompasses all kinds of wildlife species with great emphasis on habitat and, and learning what you can do and, and assisting landowners and hunters in improving the habitat, which improves the food quality, which improves the in terms of white-tailed deer, mule deer, elk, those 
things that produce antlers and horns, bigger horns and bigger bodies, but more importantly, healthier animals, and perhaps even more important, no, not perhaps, really more important, produces really good, sound wildlife habitat that has variety in terms of, of plant species, which means that greatly increases everything out there in terms of butterflies, bugs, you know, a lot of the songbirds and a lot of the uh, the game birds depend upon very heavily insects. And so producing a habitat that has an, an abundance of insects for those little birds when they're just in not far out of the, uh, or maybe just right out of the shell when you get right down to it, out of the egg. So uh, it's very important to do those kind of things. And that's all part of what H3 does. But as I mentioned, we're going to start throwing some... Uh, uh, some of my old, old articles, older blogs on there, and some photos, and, and uh, over a period of time, I think you'll see that particular website grow. But if you haven't already looked at it, I, I truly invite you to do so. That's h3whitetailsolutions.com, and it's all run together, h3whitetailsolutions.com. So uh, have a look at it and tell me what you think. There's ways there to get in touch with me as well, too. And earlier I'd mentioned that the Sportsman's Life, if you, if you, there's a, you can go to Luke Clayton's website, the catfishradio.org, and, and get, get in touch with us as well, too. So, and let us know kind of what you'd like to see or what you don't want to see of and, and all those kind of things. And, it's also a really good way to, uh, to to get send a message to me. And, of course, you can always go to my Facebook, Larry Wysoon Outdoors, and leave a message. Or also go to at Larry Wysoon Outdoors on, on Instagram. So a lot of different ways to, to get in touch. And with that, I think we're going to try to shut her down for, for today's podcast. And uh, hopefully... Uh, You'll get a chance to look at some of those websites, and hopefully you'll kind of tune in to what's going on with the DSC and DSC Foundation. And yeah, like I said, there's some really good auction items coming up there for bid. And if you can't get there in person for the June 4th DSC Foundation Gala, certainly you can go to the website and register and become a bidder there as well, too. You'll see more information coming available at that, about that in the next few days. So in the meantime, hopefully you get an opportunity to get out and do a little, do a little hunting, whether it's uh, you're still spring turkey hunting this year or it's just about to start for you. And, and who knows what else? Predator hunting is always out there. If you're blessed or cursed with wild hogs, <laughs> you know, there's hunting pretty much year round and, and that that goes on. And so, and then there's always that opportunity to dream about the hunt that you're going to do this fall. So, uh, appreciate y'all being with me this morning. I look forward to our next gathering. Next time, maybe won't be rambling quite so much. We covered a lot of ground, but you know, it's that time of year to do so. So, Y'all come back here, right here next week, and uh, we'll see what else we can talk about then. Again, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for joining us around the campfire. To leave a comment or suggestion for an upcoming episode, go to Instagram at Larry Wysoon Outdoors. Please join me right here next week for another DSC's Campfire. <laughs>
DSC's Campfires with Larry Wysoon has also been brought to you by The Crown Bar in LaGrange, Texas, H3 Whitetail Solutions, Remington, Texas Wildlife Association, TRHP Outdoors, 